I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 75. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, this evening, it has been on my mind for quite some time, actually, and tonight I'm going to go for it, to talk a little bit about history timelines. And it's such a big part of my philosophy, but very often it gets a little bit shorter um, in in the seminar times to not be able to really focus on it the way I'd like to. So that's why this evening we're just going to stay right there in camp on this idea of timelines. For those of you who've participated in my seminars or who own my course All About Homeschool, you know a little bit about my philosophy of teaching history. First of all, that it's the foundation of my approach, that you can't really use my approach unless you're doing a lot of intentional teaching on history. Also, um, some of the main kind of components of my philosophy is that history needs to be chronological. In my methodology, we don't jump all over. One year we're doing knights, and the next year we're doing Roman soldiers, and then after that we're doing the pilgrims. It doesn't work like that. In my mind, and I think it's a lot less confusing for us as teachers, and of course also for our children as they get older. So we stay chronological. We start at one historic part of history, and we go right through until kind of that ends. And so we're chronological, but also we're concrete until at least fourth grade. So we stick with things, as Dr. Raymond Moore used to say, quoting Philippians, that are just and true and pure and lovely and of good report. So we stay away from anything supernatural or spooky or weird. And the easiest way that I know to do that is to study American history with our younger children because it's primarily Judeo-Christian and there's nothing really supernatural or creepy that goes on um, in in that way that, that it does with world history. So until about fourth grade, we stay in American history. And then we move into abstract thought And then we can study world history where we're studying Egyptian gods and we're studying Greek mythology and Roman deities and that type of thing, which is very confusing to a young child. But for an older child, they're like, well, duh, of course this is silly. But it's very important that our children are developmentally ready and able to differentiate between reality and fantasy And that's why we wait. We don't teach about Greek gods in first grade, heaven forbid. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of timelines as we're teaching history, which, as I said, is the core of our curriculum. So first of all, the beauty of doing a timeline is your child, if they're doing it themselves, uh, is going to internalize what you're teaching and they're going to have ownership for what you're teaching. Also, there's a lot of ways to do this, but what I like is that they can really visualize, well, how far away was this from this? Well, Lauren Mary lived at the time of great grandma, but, um, you know, Cain and Abel lived at, you know, so they get that picture. They can see the distance 
on the timeline of how far away and how close things really are. Um, now, there's some logistics to making a timeline, and one is that I suggest that you give each child who's studying this period of history their own, and that you make it kind of like a scroll. So you take some good quality paper, don't make the mistake that I did and use cheesy paper that starts to disintegrate pretty soon because these things are going to be kept and they're really going to be masterpieces as your children get older. So get good, heavy quality paper and then kind of like shelf, a shelf roll of paper, that kind of size. And then you treat it like a scroll, as I said, so that when the child is working on it, you only unroll from each side of the scroll just the part where they're drawing so that it's not getting ripped or walked on by the dog and it kind of protects it. Also, uh, V.M. Hillier, the first headmaster of the Calvert School, talked about the importance of children growing up with this kind of being imprinted in their minds. And so he suggested that you hang the finish timelines next to your child's bed. So if they're in a little bunk bed or something, you put it on the wall next to where they're lying. And then every night, instead of counting, you know, the petals on the tulip wallpaper, they're saying, oh, well, Alexander the Great. And oh, so Philip of Macedonia came before him. Well, that makes sense because he was his dad. And so they're imprinting in their mind this kind of scope and sequence of the periods of history that you're studying and they're just memorizing it and owning it for themselves. Now, as you're doing the actual physical timeline, my suggestion is that you use a roll, not a book. Some people, um, you know, recommend using this kind of like a notebook, but it doesn't give you that beautiful flow that they can see visually that you get from a, from a timeline that's a scroll. Also, um, I find that mothers or dads who do some of the kind of hard stuff in the timeline make a timeline a lot more fun for the children because the fun part is doing the illustrations. But no child wants to do the writing and the numbers and the line, you know, and all that. Do that as an adult for your kids unless they're, you know, driving or something because they that becomes a really laborious task and it won't look beautiful and they're going to want to be proud of what they're doing so i suggest that you draw a line with a straight edge get something really long and do a line down the center of your scroll and then uh, depending on what you're studying you're going to maybe divide that line in half then divide that section in halves, those two sections, then divide each of those sections in halves. And the reason we're doing this is so that the, the divisions are equal, if that makes sense. So you start out with two spaces when you've divided in half, then you have four spaces which you divide in half. Now you have, you, you understand. And so it just makes it equidistant. Um, and do that for your child and then determine like, well, what are we going to study this year? Well, we're going to study the Renaissance and the Reformation. Okay, so you start at the beginning of the Renaissance and they're going on concurrently and then you end, you know, at the year of, of the end of the Reformation. And so then uh, you divide up, you know, in a judicious manner because if it's not that long a period of time, each division can be fewer years but if you're doing you know creation to 
I don't know, Jesus or something, well then, that's a very long span of time. And so obviously the spaces need to contain more years, more time. Oftentimes, we don't realize how tired we are until we're burned out and running on steam. No one knows exhaustion like a homeschooling mom, but you don't have to wait until you hit a wall to make space for rest in your life. Over the years, I've been deeply ministered to by retreats that have given me time and space for silence and solitude. For this reason, I created a place called Sabbath Rest in Guthrie, Oklahoma, where you can get away from the pressures of daily life and simply rest. I want you to find peace for your soul so that you have the strength, wisdom, and joy to love, serve, and teach the children in your care. Come take a nap or read a book, ride a bike to a local antique shop, or sit a while in the place of prayer in my backyard. Come be refreshed so you can return home to your family with renewed vision and refreshed spirit. Visit my website or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. Now back to the show. Um, And then the whole idea of illustration. A lot of children really are not very happy doing art. Some love to do art. They've been doing it since they were writing on your tummy in the womb. But other children, this is a laborious task. And I don't want to punish the children that are not particularly enamored with being an illustrator. So I feel like we can custom make the suit. So maybe one child loves to draw and they're going to be happy as clams. But the other one, I would just go buy an old used encyclopedia, like a world book encyclopedia at a garage sale for $20 or on, you know, line from your neighborhood or something. And buy that and tell the children that they can cut up the, the book for illustrations if, if drawing is just going to be a heinous task. We, we want this to be fun and, and a happy part of our school day. Also, um, what else do I want to tell you? So, oh, I know. So the writing. So then you might start by writing some of the key periods of history down on the timeline. So it gives them a little bit of a framework uh, of the setting of this timeline. And, and then as you're going through your unit, then you say, okay, we've been reading about the founding of ancient Rome. So the city of Rome. So how would you like to illustrate that? And you ask each of your children and one might say, well, I'd like to do the one of Romulus and Remus fighting and over who's going to, the city's going to be named after. Obviously Romulus won that fight and killed his brother, sadly. Um, another child might say, well, I want to do one about Romulus and Remus being raised by wolf cubs and nursed by them. And another child might say, well, I want to do um, the Battle of the Sabines where the, um, the, the women were kidnapped and then their relatives all came back to try and rescue them. And they said, no, no, our husbands are treating us well. We're fine. And I want to do a picture of that where they're running down this hill and, and they're trying to kidnap them back and all that. So everyone will have a different perception of what do we want to talk about to really um, summarize what we're learning and what picture will will communicate that meaning. So each child can do their own, but then have lots of resources around for your kids. So they're not just doing stick figures. 
but you have these resources so they can look at a sculpture of Julius Caesar or they can look at um, you know paintings by Leonardo or Michelangelo and they're maybe going to use that in their in, or you know here's here's Michelangelo up on the scaffolding and then they actually try to draw a little bit of the Sistine Chapel and so whatever you're studying have those resources around from library books and books you own that they can refer to and then the mom or dad does the numbers of the dates the writing the lines now I want to give you a couple references of books that I think will really be helpful for you one is and these well one of them is definitely on my pink sheets if you've uh, been part of a seminar or um, all about homeschool you have the pink sheets which are western sieve Um, so world history So the book that I've listed on the first page is a book on timeline history called um, Timelines of History, and it's by Bernard Gruen. Timelines of History by Bernard Gruen, G-R-U-N. And I love it because he divides time up into art and science and you know, architecture and government and uh, religion. And so you're like, oh, well, this person was the king when this person was painting and this person was building cathedrals. And so it all kind of, you see the different layers of history and how it all works together. But my favorite book is a little tiny book that was printed in England and it's called History's Timeline history's timeline and you I'm going to give you the ISBN number here in a minute because it is so helpful and what it does is now the first few pages I could really (laughs) hope that were not included in the book but sadly they are and it's a very um, different worldview than I possess so I used to say to families just glue the two or three pages that you don't like together or cut them out of the book, whichever you prefer. But the rest of the book is so helpful because it's divided by time periods, as my um, method is as well. And then there's all this writing and, and illustrations and photography of artifacts and things like that. So it's giving you a wonderful overview of each period of history, but it's also giving you the numbers and the dates that are so helpful as you're trying to construct a timeline. So the ISBN number, it's a used book, so you're going to have to be a little bit of a detective, is 0517-34, and then three zeros, 000, and then the number 3. 0517-34-000, and the number 3. And it's called History's Timeline, and um, it will really give you the skeleton that you need so that this is not an onerous task. So I thought I would just quickly look at a couple timelines that I have here that uh, my son did when he was growing up and they're so old that they're kind of disintegrating but I, I thought I'd share a couple things. First of all, I don't have his really, really old ones that he did when he was a little boy but I'm gonna tell you about them. What we did is we started at Genesis 1-1 and we did a timeline where in, so the line was going down the middle of the page and then above it was kind of just secular history above the line and then on the bottom half of the page of the scroll 
was biblical history. And so he could see what was going on in the Bible when other things were going on in the world. And we're going to give you a link in the show notes to a little video that I made of some of these really old timelines that he did. So you can see how how he created these when he was just a little boy. And then as he got older, he did one on the Renaissance and the Reformation. And I have that one sitting here right now. And so we started at 1295... Um, when Marco Polo returned to Venice, I mean, yes, returned to Venice from China. And then we have illustrations um, of John Wycliffe and the uh, painting by Giotto and the Black Death, and then um, the Ming Dynasty beginning in China and John Wycliffe being condemned to death and Gregory Chaucer writing the Canterbury Tales. And then we get to 1400 and we've got Wycliffe, we've got the end of the Great Schism, Fra Angelica painting there at the convent of San Marco in Florence. We have Joan of Arc being burned as a witch. Jan van Eck painting the Adoration of the Mystic Lamb, Donatello. So he has paintings and drawings, I should say, of all these different people. Um, Not all of them, but many of them. And then Gutenberg perfecting movable type. In 1454, uh, Ghiberti doing the Gates of Paradise, the doors there on the baptistry in Florence. The fall of Constantinople to the Turks, and the Renaissance begins in 1453. And then he has drawings of Shakespeare and Columbus and um, who else is this? Michelangelo, Leonardo, Erasmus. Martin Luther. And so each of these things is written down and the date. And this was like a year study. Henry VIII is excommunicated. Sir Thomas More is beheaded. Calvin writes the uh, French, for uh, for the French Reformation, does he um, initiate? And then um, the reign of Elizabeth I begins in 1558. And so you have the drawing of Calvin, and then you have Farrell holding the Bible over his head there in the sculpture in Switzerland. And on the, on the sculpture, it says Sola Scriptura, which was the battle cry of the Reformation. And then uh, drawings of Queen Elizabeth, the King James Version being printed in 1611, Oliver Cromwell overthrowing the Commonwealth in, in 1649, Rembrandt dies, the fire of London, Johann Sebastian Bach is born in 1685, the bloodless revolution in England, and then we have Bach, Vivaldi, and Handel's pictures, and we end with the Declaration of Independence in 1776. So that was one year's course of study, the Renaissance, and the Reformation, and you can see that things are going on in the North during the Reformation concurrently with the things that are going on in the South during the Renaissance, but they're all going on at the same time and overlapping. It wasn't like someone rang a bell and said, okay, the Renaissance is over, now we enter the, Re- the uh, Reformation. No, 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 that is how history works, of course. Uh, then this other one that J.J. did, he never finished because he was... At that point, he was too cool for school and didn't feel the uh, unction or something. He was very annoying. But anyway, this one, he started, this is more ancients, 
So let me unroll this. This is very long. Okay, he started with the Assyrian Empire. And so we started this one at 753 BC at the founding of Rome. And so here are Romulus and Remus fighting. There's an Assyrian cherub, a Babylonian arch. And then above the top of the timeline, and you can see this in the little video that we're going to give you a link to my website. We start with the Assyrian Empire, then the Babylonian, then the Persian, then the Greek and Macedonian, then the Seleucids and the Ptolemies, and then Rome. And then Rome goes on and on. And so this is so perfect how it just by seeing something physically, it makes such sense. And so we have the birth of Christ at 5 BC at the, toward the beginning, and then uh, the reign of Constantine and and um, the legalization of Christianity, and then Charlemagne, king of the Franks. And then we end with the Ottoman Turks capturing Constantinople in 1453. So that is another year and a course of study there. So, and that brings us up to the Renaissance. So this is a type of thing I want your kids to be doing. They can do American history. They can do world history. So I've been showing you some world history ones um, verbally. But in American history, of course, your time is going to be very short. So maybe you start with Leif Erikson or Christopher Columbus, however you want to do it. And then you end um, maybe with current time. So it's not a long period of history, particularly in terms of America. And so your time blocks are going to be much um, shorter periods of time because you have a lot of space in a timeline for American history because it doesn't have to encapsulate such a long period of, of history. So I think this is everything I wanted to share with you, but um, feel free to check the show notes and I'm going to ask my assistant to put a link in there so you can see some of the really old timelines and it's it's not a professional video by any stretch of the imagination but I wanted to just quickly film the old timelines before they completely turned into dust so thank you for joining me this week on the homeschool made simple podcast if you liked what you heard in this episode I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be great. Visit my website, Carol, with an E at the end, Joy Side, S-E-I-D, Carol Joy Side, to subscribe to my weekly email and receive exclusive discounts on my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.